Hi guys, welcome to Foreplay Podcast, a safe place for all things sex. Remember, if you're ready for sex, you're ready to talk about it. Play podcast. Uh, today we have two beautiful human beings on with us, Max Ann and Anne. Um, thank you both for being on our podcast. This is a dream for us, so we're super excited to pick your brain and uh, just get some questions answered and just share a little knowledge and absorb a little of what you guys have to say. A yeah. lot of what, a lot <laughs> of what you know, everything <laughs> that you have to say. Suck it all up. Um, so um, maybe we'll start with Anne. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Hi, my name is Anne. And I am, I like to call myself an intimacy influencer. So pretty much all things sex, sexual health, wellness related. I have a little bit of background went to school for some of that stuff. And so I basically, yeah, do a little bit of workshops, mostly with youth. So we can talk about that today. And so, yeah, I am just super passionate about sexual health and wellness mainly. Yeah. So it's me. Wonderful. Thank you. And then Maxanne as well, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. I would love to. So my name is Maxanne and I own and am founder of a business called Blue Luna. And I see myself as a healthcare scientist, as well as an educator and facilitator around the conversation pieces when it comes to sexual health and wellness. I'm an advocate as well. And I work in policy and government changes alongside doing education within sexual Wonderful. Amazing. Wow. Thank you guys again for joining us. Would you guys like to share your pronouns as well? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'll go. <laughs> she, her, or they, them. Wonderful. Thank you. And mine are she, her. Yeah. Wonderful. That's Thank it. you for sharing that. We would always want to, you know, respect boundaries. Um, that being said, what the heck is here, guys? <laughs> <laughs> this is yeah. so new for us. Well, we like, yeah. That's something. Yeah. Um, what's new? We have a guest on our podcast. Yeah, that's yes. what's new. That's pretty much the main, the juiciest part of what's new. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're yeah. all on our best behavior. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, what is new with you both? Maxanne, let's start with you. Oh, goodness. I feel like everything in my life is new. Um, so... New, I've expanded to having two team members within my business, which has been fantastic. Um, one of my businesses kind of value stream is to have representation within the community of folks that look like the community. So I only actually currently employ POC members, one of those being um, somebody who identifies as Indigenous and a person who identifies as Black. And so that's been really exciting for me because now I can have folks go and do education in the community and um, the barrier of conversation can be lessened. So that's fun. Also, just on a more personal note, I've like had a lot of cake this week. So that's been new <laughs> and fun. And so <laughs> you got to have cake. Um, and that's me. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> oh, cake is so good. Yeah, always <laughs> got to eat the cake. Yeah, I just have to know what kind of cake. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, chocolate cake. Come on, like to be <laughs> fair, I'm not, huge, I'm not a huge chocolate bar eater. 
like I, I can't just pick at a chocolate bar, but I can definitely demolish a good chocolate cake or cheesecake. I mean, okay, cake, and then whatever you want to put at the front, just give me cake. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Thank you for sharing. And Anne, what is going on with you? Uh, keeping busy mainly. Yeah, doing lots of educating. Uh, Max Anne and I are working on our workbook too. Yeah. We uh, are developing a workbook and we're doing a little bit of work on that, which is a lot of fun. Wow, oh, what does that entail? Yeah. Or is it yeah, like, Anne, you just like giving them, you gotta. Yeah, <laughs> you wanna, gotta, yeah, gotta explain it. Yeah, we're working on increasing intimacy in not only just relationships too, but like sexual encounters as well. Like we really wanna like set people up for consensual, pleasurable, intimate or not very intimate, it's up to that person. But we really wanna set people up uh, with like conversations and like how to talk to another person and how to increase that pleasure yeah. mainly, right? We wanna increase pleasure and we gotta do that by talking to someone. So we're working on that type of workbook, yeah. Nice. So is this, this is a workbook that someone can buy and you both have um, like your material in it and then you would just read it. Okay. Where would we find this when it's finished? Mm -hmm. Online. So it's going to be online. It's going to be ebook most likely and probably through maybe your website, Maxanne. Well, we're doing a collaboration. So we're going to have it both on both. our business websites. Um, yeah. So there's withconsent.com. And then there's bluelunar.com. I know you don't like to plug yourself, but I will. <laughs> she's amazing. And so um, she's a lot more kind of like, yeah, we're doing a little thing, which is just so <laughs> a big deal. Yeah. It's, it's huge. It's been actually the foundation of the idea was from Anne. And one of the things that she noted on her own journey, which she's going to speak about, is the fuel behind us collaborating on it. So it's funny because um, I didn't realize that I have like a nice little digital creation finger. And so um, when I actually came across this idea with Anne, she'd already, she just had it in a Word document. And so I was playing about with Canva and, you know, Canva is like, oh, so amazing. It is. And yeah. I started to think that, hey, we can make this into a thing with all this learning that I'm doing around intimacy and there's something I want to share with you on our closeouts that you said that you want to like for advice and whatnot. And I share that about intimacy at the end. But so we're going to talk about intimacy. It's actually a sex interview workbook. And so these are questions around pronouns, the questions around like, um, have you had an STI positive recently and navigating that and all these little things that we're very nervous to talk about or we don't have the skill set, the language. Um, even just to know how what the difference between being aggressive passive aggressive is that type of conversation how those overlap love languages all of those things that we hear floating around in the ethers of sexual health and wellness we're going to kind of combine those with our own lived experiences as well as well as scientifically based because you know as you probably didn't hear earlier on in the podcast we were talking about that I am actually a stem cell scientist by background. So there has to be a, a root in evidence um, oh, as well as just our lived experiences too. Wow. That's amazing. Um, when you guys 
come out with it, please let us know and we will um, post it on our Instagram and stuff like that. And I definitely want a copy. It, yeah. yeah. So I will be purchasing it for sure. Yeah. It's funny because Anne and I know we're building our people, right? And so as in the sexual health wellness piece. And it would definitely be nice for you to comment and have a little look-see and tell us what you think. Because even though we're two people, the more thoughts and opinions that come in and kind of enrich our perspective makes our work much more better, for sure. Oh, Mm -hmm. even those were kind of what we were getting into of like, everybody has all these questions and everybody we know certain things, but we don't understand certain things. And it's finding the resources to understand our thoughts and the patternings that we have from past judgments, just the way we've grown up and stuff like that, environments um, and our community too, and having those resources to make sense of it all. Mm -hmm. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely amazing. Wonderful. Beach meat. So this is the juicy <laughs> beach yeah. meat. We're gonna get into it. We're mm-hmm. gonna get into it. So do we wanna start with an icebreaker? Does anyone have to share on this end? Oh yeah, any any Oh yeah, any what's new any for new? us? Um not much. Yeah, really, <laughs> man, not a whole lot. Yeah. I finished yeah. my sit course today. Oh, yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. So, thank you. It's um so it's subconscious imprinting therapy. Uh so it's kind of rewiring uh the patterning that through childhood or different traumas and through statement work. Um so that's super exciting. I finished that exam today. Oh, and awesome. yeah, that's about all that's new in for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's yeah. A, it's mm-hmm. We're proud of you. Yeah, I'm so proud. I am as well. <laughs> You're doing the damn thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, I don't have a whole lot new, but I was thinking we transitioned to beach meat. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it's like, I, I feel like because we have guests on, everything about myself, which I'm usually pretty self-absorbed, has blown <laughs> out of so this head of mine. Someone else. Yep. Um, anybody got to but anybody got any new toys? <laughs> Obviously, my jaw isn't healed yet. Um, yeah. Oh, you know what's new? Actually, this is kind of beachy meat. I got my wisdom teeth out exactly two weeks ago yesterday, okay. and I tried to <laughs> suck dick the other day, <laughs> oh, and no. it didn't work. It really didn't work, and oh, I no. just, you know. Oh, I can I, feel that. I enjoy oral thoroughly, and I was like, just, <laughs> like, just oh. trying my best because I was like, you know what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really did try, but this healing process has not been fun for me. I am not yeah. a patient person. Yeah. Jada, for the last two weeks, her eating, she'll put the food on the side and be like, no, yeah. I chew it with my so front I- teeth and then swallow it. <laughs> so I can't even imagine fitting a tip. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, because I can uh, open it about that much, which feels like a lot for me. But then going up to it, I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. like, that's a lot of commitment to oral when you're not feeling your best and you're putting food at the side of your mouth so well done you like <laughs> yeah. well done <laughs> oral not a problem yeah. Yeah. priorities yeah it's true it's true okay um anybody else got anything at the moment no nothing crazy new honestly crazy. i've left these toys here to die yeah yeah we have a toy graveyard to this one yeah (laughs) Yeah. no to that one they're just not but so i'm staying with my regular oh good old wandy yeah we're a big fan of the magic wand yeah 
big, big fan. The one that looks like a giant microphone? Yeah. Is that- the one and only. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, why don't we do an icebreaker really quick, just like a little game? Um, I found some questions. We want to do a quick game of, like, would you rather, just to loosen everything up, um, get everybody feeling comfortable and, and mildly nasty. So, um, <laughs> would you rather? I think we'll alternate. So, Anne, you'll answer first, and then Max Anne, you'll answer second. Maybe we'll do one question per person kind of thing and just go until they're done. Um, so, Anne. Would you rather be paid or pay to have sex? Be paid. Good answer. Good answer. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Sex work is work. Yeah, absolutely. That's what we like to hear, okay? Um, Okay, Maxanne, would you rather have kinky sex or romantic sex for the rest of your life? Why does that have to be separate? Um. (laughs) I like that. Good point. Yeah, so what if my kinky sex is romantic? Um, I would, so to answer your question and not play about too much. um, If you had to choose. (laughs) (laughs) The sex being paid was so much more easier. I don't know. Okay, romantic. I know. Okay, romantic sex because I can make romantic kinky. Romantic. Okay. And the next question. So hard. (laughs) I know. I don't even know what I would choose. (laughs) I know, right? Anne, would you rather suck at foreplay or suck at sex? Hmm. Good question. (laughs) Uh, I would rather suck at foreplay, I think. Yeah. Because... Yeah. Yeah. I don't need a reason. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. And then lastly, Maxanne, would you rather be on top or be on on the bottom? Are you a top or a bottom pretty much? Switch. So as soon as we've been, you know, we're going on the line, there's a difference between receiving and giving. So when you're on top, you're like, no, I'm in charge. Right. And I give you that energy. I give you big dick energy. So (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. And now we're doing, am I doing romantic or kinky? Why are you giving me all the hard questions? We like to dance on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I say I'm top then. Top. Okay. Nice. Okay. Wow. Thank you for that. Um, I do have a quick question to kind of end off Beat Your Meat, just to get a little bit more information about, you know, who you guys are sexually, if you're if you're open to sharing that. Um, so my question would be, what sexual spaces do you occupy and how did you enter them? Because there's obviously the academic world, but I just want to know, like, personally. We've very, always been very curious about, like, sex clubs and stuff like that in Edmonton mm-hmm. and, like, what, what a little bit more social communities do you guys, yeah, occupy? How do you find them? Okay, so for myself, I haven't really explored um, clubs was the thought that you shared. Um, However, I'm a huge, huge fan of ASPEC. I'm not sure if you're familiar with ASPEC. We want to get our minds blown. Oh my gosh. So Alberta Sex Positive Education and Community Centre. So they're based near the Coliseum. (laughs) I don't work for them, but... 
they're good. So in their monthly calendar on Google, what they do offer is you can learn how to do rope play. You can do bondage, kink, furbies, fluff, dom, sob, um, and all the things that my mind can't think of right now. They will offer you a course in it. So, for example, rope play. If you're not familiar, I don't know what kinks you've explored in the past or ideas that you have around it. Safety is the is the utmost for everything that you're doing. And safety includes language, consent, sex aftercare as well. So if we're talking about a space that you want to really have a safe LGBTQ inclusive space, that's educational purposes, although it's about sex and you might see people actually having sex, it is there as an education. You can go there as a complete newbie get to a level where you feel comfortable to explore that avenue or you decide that I've seen enough, I maybe don't want to go down that avenue. You can go in as an advanced, learn more and come out of that space going, I'm going to be a better communicator with the partners or partner that I then have. And again, it's a safe space. So in terms of where I've explored and gone to, it's always my number one spot to encourage folks. If you are in the sex industry, they have a monthly sometimes bi-monthly meeting where sex folks sex sex folks folks in the sex industry can go and it's um it's a bit like a like a group if if one of support so you can go and talk about like what's going on like black bad clients techniques so forth you cannot solicit though and you have to be registered with the city of Edmonton as a um, sex worker but other than that it's a really safe space for people to go where you don't maybe have somebody in your square world where you can talk about sex and what's going on for you in that industry especially around safety and tips and so forth so that's my kind of go-to spot that I always recommend I'm like you want to know how to do this you want to know about bondage and and BDSM and all of that stuff go there you can get your lubes, you can get toys. Just booked our next field trip, okay? Yeah. <laughs> San, you just blew our minds yeah. already yeah. for like the 10th time. <laughs> ah. Okay, so what is it called? Yeah. A- A-spec. A-spec. Yeah. A-S-P-E-C-C, Alberta Sex Positive Education Community Center. Yeah. There's so many acronyms in like the sexual health like world. And actually, that's what I was going to say. Honestly, I wrote it down. I was like, Aspect is the best. And yeah, great minds. Yeah, great minds. Yeah. The thing I like about them is that they really uh, talk about making it a safe space. They have like education online about that. Like you can be a volunteer and go there and get, yeah. And then they really have lots of conversations about consent and like what that looks like, red light yellow light, green light, safe word, all of that stuff. And so you can learn how to communicate in a consensual, kinky way over there. And even if it doesn't seem kinky to you, like I said, there's all different levels that you go in. Um, mm-hmm. So if you advance, what you might consider to be kinky, other people are just like your vanilla. So again, it's a safe space for all these conversation pieces. That's that's all I, all I can add, unfortunately. I don't know any spots that people can go and explore the conversations around that. Wow. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. That, well, that answers so many of our questions. Yeah. Of just like where do individuals go to get that sort of information if they are curious about it? Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I'm like getting horny just thinking about <laughs> yeah. all, the, like yeah. all the knowledge I'm going to learn. Yeah. Horny for knowledge. Yeah. Horny yeah. for knowledge. Right? Yeah. 
and you said something <laughs> you said something about red light yellow light you said lights can you walk me through that really quickly <laughs> just the three <laughs> yeah, yeah. there were colors and i'm interested <laughs> yeah i can walk you through that so in the kink bdsm community consent is number one consent and safety sorry those are like number one so to keep like a scenario of fantasy role playing uh, what do they call it again? They call it a scene. So to mm -hmm. keep a scene safe, uh, there's different ways that you can communicate consent. So uh, green light mm -hmm. means, hey, keep going. This feels good, right? Like that green light, this feels good for me. Yellow light is like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe slow down a little bit. Maybe it's getting too intense. Maybe the pain's too intense. Maybe the pleasure is too intense. So it's a way to slow down and communicate that with the partner and then red light is literally everything would stop everything in the whole entire room right the whole scene stops and then they do lots of stuff like aftercare too yes like mm -hmm. checking in with people and stuff like that and like you don't have to use red yellow or green you can make up new words too like you'd be like i don't know green means green's like yes or yeah this feels good Yellow's like, slow down or hold on. And then red is like, it could be your safe word, pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it can be anything. Yeah. Pineapple always comes up. Right? Is that like a universal word? I've heard that from so many different people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, it just comes to mind. Pineapple and there's another fruit or food yeah. that comes to mind. Even when I think of like a safe word, I instantly just think pineapple. That's a random little yeah. in your defense you have a pineapple tattooed on your body. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My friend does too. Oh, right. That's sweet. One thing I want to add on when we're talking about kinks or anything to do with that environment and we're setting a scene, um, do not participate with anybody who doesn't have a safe word. Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to have a safe word and in all forms of sexual interaction, it's important to have aftercare. Aftercare, even if you're having what some people might consider to be vanilla sex or sex that is, um, I put in quotation marks, normal because there is no such thing. It's really important to have that aftercare and that come down from so, so much endorphins and that natural high that you can get in that environment. Mm -hmm. And what does aftercare look like? It would look different for different people. Uh, like Maxine said, like maybe it's vanilla sex, traditional sex, I guess. Like that could be cuddling for people, right? Like um, that's what we see in movies and stuff. So it could be like cuddling. It could be maybe leaving someone alone, right? Too, not like alone, but like maybe they have their own space or maybe it's time to sleep or yeah. So it de really depends on the person, yeah. It always involves a check-in. Yeah. Um, so a verbal check-in has to take place. How are you? How are you feeling? What do you need right now? And that works both ways. Mm -hmm. And so as you progress through your experiences with this person, your language around how you voice, how are you feeling? How are you? And what do you need next is going to change. But it has to be those three that you definitely have that moment. It's not a get up, shower or whatever you do and then leave the space. It's definitely a moment where, okay, how do we make sure that everybody is okay and the decisions that we've made are still okay and how do we navigate forward? Ah, yeah. And it, it, like, it just comes down to like such a respect thing too. Like 
you if you're gonna be with and share that space with someone like that respect has to be there yeah Mm -hmm. and you know what that reminds me of the other day we talked about um drinking and consent Mm -hmm. and so choosing to drink with your partner and and consenting to sex even though you're under the influence so does that really constitute consent but being able to have that aftercare afterwards is I feel like a way to navigate that because I've had sex while under the influence and in my opinion it's been completely consentful on my like you know what I mean like I've been safe Mm -hmm. the person that I that I participated with was was safe and Mm -hmm both felt good but aftercare is a good way to ensure that too especially when those lines can be blurred as an adult who's like choosing to blur them safely you know does that kind of make sense absolutely that's a beautiful point to touch upon when we have any form of inebriation around sex or intimacy because it doesn't I mean we have to include our folks who are asexual as well um so we have to be mindful of the word sex and what that might mean and I kind of I kind of play back a little bit that the distinction between the, um, in our fire round between sex and foreplay. Um, I want to just unpack that a little bit because foreplay is sex, and um, you know not every penetrative thing has to be very heteronormative. And again, we have I've, we can have big conversations around that, especially for me who. Like, I'm just like, I want to throw a grenade in there and just go, pew. So I don't mean to, like, unpack that as extensively as I am, but I think it's important to know that foreplay is sex. And some people's relationship is only around what we class as foreplay. And so it's really important for us to have aftercare after foreplay as well, because everybody's place that they're coming from where sex is that thing is sex to them. So. I just want to add that nuance to it because anybody listening to this podcast or watching us later on might be like, oh, so am I having sex? Am I not? Do I ask if they're okay? Do I not? All the time we want to check in, all the time we want to see if the person's okay because it's meant to be fun. Even if we're in a scene, if we're doing vanilla, whatever we're doing, it should be fun and pleasurable. And it's not one person giving their body over to another person unless that's the scene you're in because that's fun too but even under those circumstances we're going to look after each other and ourselves yeah absolutely that's and so true. thanks for calling us out on that mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a call night it was a call in it was definitely not a call night it was definitely a call in because yeah it's something we're aware of but especially with the lives we've led up until this point at this point we're you know exploring more and learning more it's so easy for us to fall into that heteronormative pattern and we don't Mm -hmm. you know there's there's so much more to to the world than that so thank you Mm -hmm. and and I think you had something to add Mm -hmm. yeah um kind of like on the tip side uh a good idea to talk about consent before during and after too so that aftercare can be like what was fun about that? What did you really like about that? What, yeah, maybe wasn't as fun as last time that you did anal, let's say. And you're like, hey, how can we make that better? And then sometimes people will do things that you don't like or you might do things that you don't like to someone or they don't like. So those are good conversations too. And like that aftercare shouldn't really be a judgment zone, right? Especially after the, intimacy right we should be able to like 
hey, I didn't like it when you pulled my hair like that. Can you pull it like this yeah. next time, right? Yeah, so the conversation, we're always talking about sex and kind of should be in a, in a, in a sex positive way because that's how it's going to build intimacy, connection, pleasure, and uh, consensual experiences, yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, can I just add quickly that even if you aren't looking to build a relationship with somebody and it's maybe just a one-off occurrence, you can still practice aftercare as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not subjected to, oh, I know this person, I'll see this person tomorrow. It's certainly important in our hookup culture that, you know, it's that we have that kind of wraparound approach to we've led up to the anticipation, we've actually done the act, and we're going to finish off with a good old, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. I think, too, just being in that space and sharing that with someone, the amount of vulnerability to explore, especially if you're even even exploring vanilla sex or whatever that looks like there's it's so important if you are with someone new or even with your partner to have those conversations so how would you how would you bring that up to a partner of what you like and what you don't like I'm only asking mostly for my personal self just (laughs) honestly but just having sex with a new partner I find sometimes I'm not sure how to bring it up. Mm. So, Anne, did you have something on the tip of your tongue that you wanted to say? Uh, This is really like what's going to be kind of the meat and potatoes of our workbook. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, basically, (laughs) yeah. But um, like a really quick way is to tune into yourself. Look inward Mm -hmm. first. And yeah, so that would be the first thing is look inward, maybe experiment with like masturbation or find out what you like. And then knowing that will help build confidence in saying those things. And then so I would like to add on something that I've been practicing recently is non-penetrative intimacy building. Because I'll share this with you. This is a safe space. Um, Intimacy and sex were um, one and the same for me. I heard intimacy, I'd hear sex and sex I meant by penetrative heteronormative sex. And so I, having had many conversations, I realized a lot of people didn't actually know what intimacy was like me and didn't distinguish between intimacy and sex. And they're two completely different things. So with somebody that I've been exploring this with recently, I won't call him out on, you know, on, on the internet, but what we do is um, something that's fun and interesting is we sit together Um, in an environment that feels good and safe, where there's no distractions, phones are on silent. I like candles and I also have a diffuser that's like a a little bit of lavender known to calm the nerves a little bit. So to remind me that I'm not looking to have penetrative sex, I'm learning to explore, to get to know this person's body, know what I like, know what they like to be touched. And we sit opposite each other. I like to wrap my legs around him. Mm-hmm. And I literally grab his hand and I just have a look and I like, you know, rub my fingers through his fingers and have a good old look. I'm like, does this feel good to you? Is this nice? And I work my way up his body to his chest. 
I don't go on the places where I know they're commonly going to try and excite in a sexual way. I'm just exploring and getting to know them like I'm reading a book. And at the end, we're not doing it for penetrative sex. So if there's two different ways, one, we look within, as Anne mentioned. The other one is with your partner, sit down and say, we're not going to do anything that's going to exchange bodily fluids, including kissing. I just want to get to know your body and you get to know mine. So after you've done their hand, they do your hand. After you do the arm, they do your arm all the way through. And you're just like, I know every nook and cranny of you before we even get to that. And you know, it's like five minutes. Sorry, there you go. Yeah, I put my hand up because I'm so used to that. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) it sounds very much like tantric sex, Maxan. It sounds like... It does indeed. Yeah, like just sitting and breathing together and like doing yeah all the non-sexual stuff but that creates still that connection yeah so it sounds very tantric to me yeah Yeah. and if you're talking about language so we've got the two now we've got one knowing yourself two sitting with your partner and the other one is communication if it's something that you just genuinely don't have a way of expressing yourself verbally you could sit there with each other and text And go, you know what, before we do anything physically, we're going to text. I love emojis. Mm -hmm. I will send like an eggplant, a kitty face, and like, this is how I want to be touched. So you can put an additional barrier between you and this person and say, hey, I don't know how to say what I want. I just, it just doesn't come out of me the way I want it to. I get nervous. I get caught up in my own head. But I know I feel good in a text or a video or a TikTok or, or a Snapchat or whatever. And utilize those tools. They, I think if we switch up the way we look at each ourselves first and go, I can communicate how I feel well and how I feel my whole self, use it. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no right or wrong as long as you feel good about the way you're expressing yourself. Wow. wow, thank you. That's so helpful. I Seriously. will let you all know how that goes because yep. I'm having a date with my partner Please. tomorrow. <gasps> yeah. Ooh. And I'm totally going to try that because it's just like just exchanging that energy with that mm-hmm. person without even without saying anything, but just like your bodies are talking to each other. Yep. And yep. that mm-hmm. just turns me right on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Same thing. Have a date with my partner. Like, not my primary partner, but the other person I'm seeing tomorrow. And that's been something that's been really stuck in my head is because I want to be more intimate with this person, Mm -hmm. but I don't want it to be about sex. So I've been having a hard time figuring out how to communicate that and just be like, Mm. I want to feel closer to you, you know? So that's that's the goal. And that I'm like, I feel like you guys should do that too. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God, yeah, we're doing that for sure. On that note... Do you guys have any more of those little tips? Around intimacy or conversations? I would say, well, I'm interested in the intimacy just to, like, because, for example, um, me and my partner, we did this thing where we put a timer for four minutes and we just... It's, we pretty much had an uh, eye-staring contest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we were just, like, looking in each other's eyes for four minutes. And it was crazy because at first I was like, huh. But the four minutes just flew by and you can – it's crazy the amount of connection that you can get. So kind of things along those lines. Do you have any more of those? 
I do, but I take I talk a lot and I don't want to take up too much space. I'm intrigued to see what the beautiful Anne's going to share. Yeah. Um okay. So another good tip, and so this would not just be with yourself, but it would be your partner, whoever that is. It's really good to even like verbalize, hey, this scene, this moment, let's Try not to judge each other really in any way because even sometimes like a look it's like oh like a look could be like you're so vulnerable you're showing up as vulnerable and then a look can kind of be like oh does that and it could kind of avalanche after that so really being like hey we're here right now practice maybe that mindfulness that um connection the awareness of where you are and really be like hey we're not going to judge each other about what's going to happen right definitely staying in line with like consent and like not doing something that the other person doesn't want to do but like not judging that person for who they are showing up as yeah for sure um mine a bit more like kind of (laughs) i guess it's maybe the scientist mind i'm like no this is the particular scenario. Um, so you mentioned closeness or being closer earlier on in your share. And so for me, when I hear closer, I think, what does that mean to you? Because my version of close might not mean the same for the other person. So some of the things that I like to do, um, I have a couple of people that I'm spending intimate time with and exploring. And so intimacy looks different or different people. And so one person, we he loves being naked and I love being naked in my space. <laughs> and so that's intimate to him and gentle, sensual touches without any need for it to go anywhere as well. My emphasis is on not to having that build up because although we all identify with as a sexual autonomous being we're very much storytelling within ourselves and so people might have that oh you know shoot I just wanted to grab your butt today I didn't want to feel like I have to I'm bloated I'm like you know I just don't have time we're gonna get sweaty and so we have to be mindful that not everything that we're doing is going to lead on to sex and be very intentional around that and say hey sometimes when I just grab you all I want to do is maybe just give you head and just leave you alone. Like, I don't, I don't need anything. I'm cool. Just so we can have those conversations as to how those different ebbs and flow come about. But the four minute minute one is really good. Apparently you're falling in love with your partner after you do that. I'm like, I've done it a few times. And I'm still just like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> Definitely get it. And so other tips as well is what's your love language? So I know another person who I have um, a couple of people who love to cook for me and that's how they express their love for me. And I love plants. And so they'll buy me plants and flowers. And so that's them just going, here you go. This is me being intimate with you because this is something I know you really love and adore. And then there's other people who want to cuddle and watch like three hours of Star Trek. So we just have to figure out what it is that is harmonious for the two of you. And then you can play about with it. The emphasis is on play. As much as we're doing all this A, B, C, D, be playful, be Mm -hmm. fun, be silly, 
Don't take yourself too seriously. Invite play into your conversations. Invite building things up as well. Start in the morning and, you know, evening. And then you're like, you know what? Let's just, let's not touch each other, but let's like pretend. <laughs> That's fun too, you know? Wow. Oh, that's and wow. also just knowing how your partner how you give and receive love and how your partner gives and receives yeah. love. And I think like we were talking about this of if they're different trying to communicate in the same way that they'll receive it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, which is huge, especially if and going back to the judgments like if you're bringing something like that up, if you have if you're judging something or someone's um whatever they're bringing up, you're not able to receive from that. So putting those judgments aside always, but kind of doing like a mental check of just acknowledging them and being like, oh, okay, thank you. Thank you, judgment. I'm putting you aside now. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you're now open to receive everything that that person is is there for you for. Um, Also, can I add something? That's a beautiful comment. In addition to that, if you are in a space where something's coming up for you, because that can happen, you can mm-hmm. be inadvertently triggered. You know, you mentioned earlier on about drinking and drugs and like like maybe you've smoked a bit of weed and you're excited and you and your partner are having something, but then something just comes up. It does. There's like, we're people with a lot of things inside of us. That's also okay. And having whatever feels good to you, if you're like, you know what, I just need to maybe catch my breath. I really just need a good cuddle right now. I still feel in the mood, but I just I just need a cuddle or I just need some space. And actually that um, self-care piece really is good for you. And I think we have to kind of have that conversation piece a bit more too, that you still want and you're still in the positive consent mode, but something's just come up, right? And it's okay to take a breath. Yeah, yeah for wow. sure. self-reflection yeah Yeah. and to just kind of acknowledging when those things come up and then maybe when you're alone just dig a little deeper and get to kind of the root of why those feelings come up and just understanding them because it's just going to lead to understanding yourself a little bit more too but and it's also okay if you don't know where it's coming from if you're not in a good place with um, the huge amount of capacity to really unpack yourself that's also okay too I think every, we're in an age where everybody's got to like, I know myself, I'm just perfect. I can, I see that problem and boom. No, some of us have to be like, we see the problem. I'm like, I'm running the opposite direction. Like, I'm gone. Like, no. So that's okay. That's also okay. Wow, mm. that's huge. Wow. Do we have any other questions at the moment? I feel like I also talked too much. Sorry, guys. <laughs> no, no, um, I think it's time that we moved on to the <laughs> ooey-gooey, sticky-icky, dirty, filthy, nasty center of it all. And today, these two wonderful humans are going to walk us through some different avenues of access um, for sexual wellness in general, touch- touching on a bunch of different topics um, in Edmonton, in Alberta, and and different ways that... Um, you can pursue your passion if that if that belongs to sexuality and pleasure or safety or support. So mm-hmm. we're just going to jump on in. Okay. So today, I think we have a bunch of questions, but one huge thing that I feel like we don't necessarily have um, the tools to talk about fully would be um, sexual health 
sexual health regarding STDs and STIs and access in, in this city specifically, um, or just, you know, sexual activity and pleasure past that point or past being diagnosed with something or, or healing past that. So it's a very broad topic, but I kind of, I who better to ask than sex educators? So, <laughs> you know, again, thank intercourse you for, influencers. I, yeah. Intercourse influencers. I honestly <laughs> Intimacy. love that. Intimacy. 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 Uh, okay, okay. Or all of the above. All of the above. <laughs> I love we that love one. it. But um, yeah, who better to ask than you two? So thank you again. Yeah. <laughs> um, just a, a little question that I want to ask. This is a little bit off topic, but I thought it might be a small, nice one to start with. But what is the... Sorry, you're looking at me. No, no, I'm, <laughs> just, I'm just looking. <laughs> what is the biggest lie you learned about sex growing up? Or pleasure mm. growing up? Good. I know, I, go on, Anne. <laughs> yeah. um no one really like taught me this no way movies and tv taught me this okay so they taught me that sex equals love like if you have sex with someone boom you're gonna be in love and that's how it goes and so sex and love can absolutely happen together but really sex and love is also mainly separate too, right? Because then there's the other levels of intimacy that is more about love than it is about sexual activity. So that what I that's what I heard from media and TV. And so I internalized that and I was like, yeah, so if I have sex, that means that person's gonna fall in love with me. Yeah. Hey, thank you. That's, I feel like that resonates with us for sure. Absolutely. I've been there. Yeah. Definitely internalized it. Definitely am learning to unpack it. So that's, yeah. that's a cross. Um, and then for yourself, Martha. My one was, um, <clears throat> it's funny. This was more of a recent one. This whole um, compromise. And I don't believe that there's such a thing as compromise during sex. No. And... It means that one person um, is not consenting and the other person is getting what they want. That's how that is. That's how I see it. And beforehand, I saw it very much as to, no, as from my own lived experiences, it was, I don't want to do something, but I was told that you have to compromise and do a little bit of a something that you don't want to do, which is actually just plain old not consent. <laughs> That's just yeah. how, it, how it falls. And so actually it was in a workshop that I witnessed with Brian, who also certified Anne, um, that he talked with a bunch of grade sevens about consent and the conversation about compromise came up and these grade seveners said, but the person doesn't want to do it. So you just don't do it. In my head, I'd already said, but you compromise <laughs> and you do something you don't want to do because you like this person. And my mind was blown. I literally was in a daze. You remember, Anne? I was in a daze for ages after. I was just like, oh, my God, I've just been in all these unconsensual situations and I'm, leaving, and I'm living with the consequences of these experiences now because it doesn't feel good to hold them. And all along, I could have just been like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my one. It was pretty big. And mm -hmm. now I have these conversations with anybody who listens to me. There's no such thing as compromise. Somebody is doing something that they don't want to do. Mm -hmm. 
now. Mm. That's wow. huge. And it speaks to the way that, you know, even what you said, Anne, about taking what, what media has taught you and applying it to your sexual exploration, just like the ways that we minimize ourselves and the way that we deserve pleasure or just understanding even that we deserve pleasure, mm-hmm. like what that journey looks like. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. What would you, what would we say for ours? Ooh. Biggest lie. Um, that sex was inherently dangerous or pleasure was inherently dangerous because I was always taught to be aware of the way that people, we've talked about this on a, on a prior episode, but mm-hmm. of the way that people like absorb or take my sexuality, like, oh, you know, that person's looking at you, like, what are you wearing kind mm-hmm. of thing or mm-hmm. having to be defensive about that because I'm something to be protected mm-hmm. um, and never really having the like, the power to explore that myself it was always about like ward off dangerous people you know mm-hmm. so yeah. that was mine but wow okay what would you guys say i'm trying to think of what mine would be maybe it just about like the female like orgasm like i feel like yeah. growing up i always just like thought that like wasn't really a thing and then now i obviously know it is so yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're like wandy yeah exactly wandy <laughs> what about you um, I think mine was probably that sex could only be between um a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, a cis man and a yeah, woman. Yeah, a cis man and a woman. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, <laughs> no. It just popped into my head. Um yeah. that's huge. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say it's kind of the same like how I was raised and like now being with a woman and have like having sex with a woman I'm like oh yeah that's possible (laughs) but growing up no like nobody ever educated me on on like the possibility it was always yeah cis man and woman and and intercourse and like like the act Mm -hmm. um and there's just so many different realms of what sex is like we were talking about earlier and it's crazy how different and that's why I'm so glad as educators you guys are kind of breaking that kind of cycle of what kids are getting um yeah I would love to dive into like the sexual education of kids now and what that looks like yeah so thank you for sharing all of that that was all really put yourself out there so thank you that was very and again like it's very common like all of those things that you said also for me too didn't know about those things yeah so thank you for that uh sex ed so when I did sex ed (laughs) a million years ago uh it looked a lot different it was all about the danger eh it was all about danger you're gonna get pregnant you're gonna get uh an STI and all those risky things are going to happen and they kind of tell us how to prevent that but no talk of consent no talk of pleasure and I'm like so a lot of misinformation or them focusing on kind of more fear-based stuff or just talking about abstinence only which is not effective to just teach one thing because there's like billions of people. So not 8 billion people aren't going to not have sex. There's going to be lots of different ways people have sex or not have sex. So 
Um, our work, yeah, like it's, we're bringing in sex positivity mainly. So that would be uh, knowing and communicating that sex is, is natural and normal. We are sexual beings and uh, that it's normal. Like, how can I explain this? Hmm. That maybe you can expand on sex positivity a little bit, Maximus. Yeah. Sure. So um, Anne's kind of level of expertise is focused on school settings. So from, I think, grade seven all the way through to calm, whereas I focus on adults mostly and teenagers who are outside of the school system. And for me, it's very much a bottom up, top down kind of approach because you've got Anne who's coming from the the youth and then I will speak to parents as well because you know things like masturbation self-exploration um, conversations and pornography um, they become very weighted and very biased and not a safe space for anybody to have a conversation with an adult around them unless you know they're speaking to one of us as educators or maybe you folks and so when it comes to sexual health education as a whole, the first things that I like to do is just even just address communication. We don't have conversations about how do you even have a conversation? You know, with like, oh, everybody's meant to hear a word. Okay, this is what is queer friendly. This is more inclusive. How do you integrate those words into your everyday language? How do you even integrate those words into just your level of understanding? We're asking people to end up down the road with a dissertation in being sex positive and we haven't even addressed maybe they've got a lot of bias and issues and trauma and PTSD and misinformation that's so embedded in them and their way of being that they're not even at a space to take in what is more appropriate for the people that are in their lives and so that's why I'd like to do storytelling in the way that I educate because um, these are real experiences it's not TV or films, these are people that are in your life and the statistics prove it that you do have somebody who identifies on the spectrum. You have somebody who may have had some form of sexual assault. So consent is necessary. Um, healthy relationships aren't a myth that are on TV that have a 40 minute time frame. And so we really need to have these conversations around those topics before we even consider what is sex positivity? I know a lot of people, especially from my background, very Christian, who um, are very, very homophobic, um, transphobic, and have all these issues, and which is heavily problematic because I do know that I have family members who identify as those things, for example. And so for me, just having conversations around it and opening up their mind just to get to the topic of acceptance and the topic of how do we, and that in, in of itself is education. I think we're very, education doesn't have to look like a curriculum. Just having these podcasts is education. Having a chat with a friend and holding space for them is education. Um, sharing a story, sharing a TikTok, um, a reel. This is all different forms of education. And so I think we have to be mindful that not only are we at times negatively reinforcing those educations by sharing the things that aren't so true, 
but we can also debunk that by sharing more truth through those mediums that I mentioned earlier on. That's huge because we've in the past talked about the the sexual education or lack thereof that we all received in school, but my biggest learning experience has been through social media, has been finding sex, mm-hmm. sex educators in different places in the world that I can, you know, take some time and dedicate some time to learn from. And it's helped shape a passion. And, and you know what I mean? Like that's no one ever mm-hmm. taught me that in a classroom. And mm-hmm. what? Like that's part of the reason mm-hmm. that all that interest for all of us and mm-hmm. those experiences for all of us is what brought us mm-hmm. here. You yeah. know, yeah, it's non-traditional education can be huge yeah and what I find also really sorry Anne um go ahead what I find really important is if you know you can share with people that you love and one of the indigenous things that I've learned being here in Edmonton is you can plant seeds don't expect everybody to become this blooming knowledge base that does everything more appropriately. That amount of pressure on yourself is very crippling. And if you suffer from anxiety or depression, it won't make you feel good. It's too much on your shoulders. However, you can plant seed. You can, when you're talking about somebody and they choose to mispro- use the incorrect pronouns, for example, and you continue to use the right ones, that little seed is being planted. If you're then talking about, you know, consent, they might have their resistance, but again, that seed is being planted. And the more of us out here planting seeds, the more of us doing that, then when they're ready, the next piece of information will water that seed and then they'll start to grow and flourish. Wow. I love that. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, that's a really that's good. That's huge. I, good um, way to put it. Right? Yeah. Um, Sorry. <laughs> Again, this um, this summer, this is kind of jumping off topic more towards race, but this summer has been, you, you spoke about feeling the need to change people essentially and how that can be crippling. Um, this summer has been huge for me learning that because of, um, I don't know, the polit- or like the social like public eye shifting more towards being um, held accountable for, for decisions and actions when it comes to systematic oppression or racism and, and realizing that in, in this setting in Edmonton, Alberta, being like, whoa, like there's a lot of people very, very close to me around me that don't necessarily do the work made me angry because I was like, well, I've said things, I've tried to change them, they're not doing anything. And also just made me question like, well, I guess, I guess this is just how it is, you know, like, I guess I just have to sit through this, but having those conversations and just leaving it at that because you're essentially responsible for yourself. That's a great reminder when it comes to sex, when it comes to race, when it comes to any, any kind of load that you bear. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, these conversations are very big, especially if you have any lived experiences within the conversations that you're talking about, or you care about somebody who's been negatively impacted by these experiences. But again, it's not to say, one of the things that I've been trying to remind the people that I care about is stop being so macro, be a bit more micro. You're trying to change the whole world. And I promise you, no matter how good you become, you can't. You really can't. So the thing that you can change and you can do better with is yourself. And you are going to be that role model. And you will be that person that other people will go, oh, I see that you can do it that way. And wow, that person hasn't lost a foot or an arm. The way that it's been built around me that 
this is the worst thing to do. And actually people are just living their lives existing and they're happy and healthy. That is way more powerful than you trying to change the whole entire world. It really is. And you can't see it straight away. Sadly, there isn't like going to be a little check mark that comes up on your phone or in your life that goes, this has been your impact on others. But I assure you it's there. I was also just going to add to that, just um, chatting with you a little bit and just having those conversations with the people in your circle. That's like the the biggest thing and the best, best impact you can have because you already have that connection and that safety with that person and yeah. having that open conversation of like, hey, I know that this is ingrained in your mind since birth and how how can we change this? And some of those conversations won't always end well, especially we we're talking about like with your racist uncle or stuff like that. But having yeah. having those conversations, that is the biggest change that that you can make. Of course, especially if you're safe while doing so. Yeah. You know? I'm just curious. Um, so what advice would you give people who are trying to get into sexual education? Ooh. That's good. That is good. Uh, do you want to go first, Maxine? Or? Oh, for sure, because I've yeah. gone the non-traditional route, and then you can speak on the traditional, more academic route, for sure. Yeah, sure. Um, my advice to somebody who is interested in sexual health education is know your values and know where you're coming from and do the internal work. If you're going to go into a space to talk about sexual health and wellness and you're coming from an abstinent, there's only two genders and this way of doing it, which there are a lot of people who are in the sexual health space who do have this way of thinking. I don't necessarily think it's conducive to being sex positive. So just get to know yourself and also getting to know yourself will um, hopefully address some of your own internal bias and stories that you have within yourself as well. Like, for example, like I said earlier on, I do the education piece for sex workers who are becoming sex um, worker licensed through the city of Edmonton. And you really can't go into that space talking about you people or any of that kind of yep. language. It's very harmful. And so you have to have a good look and checks and balances of yourself and not separate yourself from being a sexual being, you know, because some people have this elitism. Oh, well, I've had a certain body count and I only have this type of sexual experience. And I promise you, you cannot look at somebody, how somebody's dressed and know what their sexual experience is or what they're into or not into. So you might think you're talking to somebody who looks vanilla or looks kink, and this person doesn't like those things. So before you even step into the space, I would say, do the inner work, build your language, because language is actually the most important one, and look at evidence that supports what is known. We know that sexually children start to explore themselves, touching their genital area. Know that, understand it. Instead of when you come to a parent who's like, my child is exploring them gen themselves genitally, they're like, that's wrong. No, it's not. That's healthy and normal and part of sexual development. So I'd say do the inner work, do the research, get yourself a good notebook with tabs, start to educate yourself because you're not in a position to educate anyone if you don't even know yourself or know the material. That's where I would say, and then everything else comes. 
You yeah. can find a job online. You can work for a business. Everything else is follows through. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. And what do you have to add to it? Awesome. Yeah, that's definitely the first place to start. But yeah, I can speak on like the more, oh, not traditional, but the more academic side, like you said back then. So uh, there's a lot of the inner work stuff you can do online first. So there's like sex positive uh, education places. I can find out what it's called. I just forget it. What Ashbesh. That's what. Yes. Alberta mm-hmm. sex positive. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. So many acronyms. You got to get used to all the acronyms. So Ashbest is the Alberta one. They have really good online they do. Um, workshops and webinars. So I would check in with them. Is that A S H P P? Yeah, Ash. A S P H. Excellent. Got it. Yeah. Yeah, they're actually super amazing. And there's uh, lots of really good things you can learn from there. Uh, There is sexual health education. You can get a certificate. You can get a certificate in that. BC has a really good program. Yes, they do. Yeah, so I know of lots of people who have that one. And there's the one at the U of A that I attended. And it was a certificate in graduate studies. really informative a lot of that inner work and volunteer I would say is the next one because uh for myself I'm so passionate but it was it was hard to like get into the community and Edmonton is very small the sexual health community is very small it's growing a little bit but there was literally only one organization doing this stuff and that's where Maxine and I met but I volunteered with them first. They'll give you, well, they gave us training. And so volunteer, and then you can be kind of known, I guess, like get your face out there. And then just look for those opportunities in kind of the formal space. Or you can do it max ended and kind of do it yourself too, right? Right. Yeah, you yeah. can be your own educator. You can talk about your own experiences. And you do that online, like what you folks are doing, right? Like you came together and you wanted to have these conversations. So we can do this stuff ourselves. We don't need anyone else to kind of tell us what to do. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I definitely think that the most important part is the trauma-informed piece as well. Mm -hmm. And what you're doing and knowing your intentions behind it. If your intention is to support and help and heal, I think it's definitely the right space for you. But if you aren't able to navigate your own trauma and your own healing, I think it's not maybe the right time. Definitely look at it at a later date because um, the harm that you're navigating through within yourself can actually cause harm to others. You know what? I'm going to add on to that. That is super important. Yeah. Very important. For me, a few years ago, two plus, three plus years ago, not in the correct space, not in the correct relationship for that, right? To be my authentic self, to kind of, to kind of be, embody myself and my sexual being. So yeah, it's definitely timing too, and looking inward and 
being like, hey, am I ready to be this vulnerable in front of so many people? Yeah. Absolutely. And do you have and do you have capacity to hear people's sexual violence where they're not consent? I did workshops with um the Omara community for several weeks, different training um, programs as well. And they were in marriages where consent isn't an option for them. So how do you navigate those conversations if you don't have something where you're coming from a healed place? Because it can be quite traumatizing to hear 15 folks talk about ongoing rape, which is what it is, right? So we have to have that space where it's not easy. I mean, you can do courses where um, you can become certified to um, become a, what was it, first responder sexual assault. Mm -hmm. um, and they show you in that course as well, which you can do through um, SACE. And I think another organization as well, which I'd highly recommend people doing. It costs a few hundred dollars. But you, you really need to know that people are going to offload. I have people talking about like when they were 14 and sexual assault or as an adult sexual assault and children and knowing the legalities before, um, around um, disclosures as well. So I think you have to really be in a good place to accept folks' stories and hold space for them as well. Wow, that's yeah. huge. That's so important. Um, um, yeah, so since we were on the topic of trauma um, and just sexual healing, I had a question that will kind of segue a little bit, but what tips would you have for people, um, or sorry, what mental health resources are available in Edmonton for sexual trauma or healing? Can I start this one? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned SACE, Maxanne. So SACE, S-A-C-E, stands for Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. So mm -hmm. honestly, they are the experts. Mm -hmm. Whenever I talk about sexual assault or trauma, I will always redirect everyone to that resource. So they're amazing people there. They are, yeah, the experts on this. So that is the first one that comes to mind. Red Cross does some healthy boundaries stuff. The Family Center is a really good place for uh, intimate partner violence, the same as the YWCA as well. They do intimate partner violence counseling. Um, there is, what else is there? Basically any counseling would be helpful for that. And um, for me talking with youth, uh, Kids Help Phone, I think it's powered by like Bell or whatever. They have like this text line, you can call, you can go online. Same with SACE, they have, there's an Alberta one number, or you can uh, call 211 and they can help direct you to resources as well. But like sometimes people don't wanna talk about this stuff, but maybe a young person will text that to another person, right? Like a certified person. So those are the few I can think of. Those are absolutely wonderful, Anne, and yes, you are in my mind. Those are different places I want to talk about. When we talk about sexual assault, there are so many intersects, intersections, I should say, <laughs> um, in regards to what that person might have to deal with, not just the sexual assault. So if we're going to have a conversation, a piece around, say, maybe it's somebody who identifies on the spectrum of being queer and they've been sexually assaulted, then I would say the Pride Centre would be a great referral place. 
true, Edmonton would be a great referral place as well to deal and navigate with that more of a a better understanding as to all the factors that have gone into that person's now healing journey as well. The other places that Anne mentioned is a great one-stop shop just for sexual assault as a whole, but where you want somebody who might be a bit more specific to your inner needs. If you then end up becoming HIV positive um, from your sexual assault as well, I'd recommend going to the HIV Edmonton um, Centre as well. They're really, really good and they can support you in that intersection because that's a another lens on top of just being assaulted. Um, you can go to um, the Fry Centre as well if you're a teen and you may become pregnant from your sexual assault too. So um, it really depends. There are definitely great places to go um, you, and utilise within Edmonton as a whole. Um, even McEwen, U of A has a great sexual assault and a sexual wellness department as well. And they have counsellors available. And all the resources that Anne and I have mentioned are free. They do have a mandate by the government and how they're funded that it's meant to be 10 sessions. However, the counsellor or the, um, the psychologist can actually just defer and stay with you for as long as you need. SACE, for example, can be with you for two years. Um, but again, it's just a it's a win, it's a little box that doesn't have to be that way. So if you're looking for somewhere and you're like, I don't think two years sounds so such a short time. It doesn't necessarily have to work that way for you. Um, and they can see you weekly, two weekly. Um, they can also see you via phone and Zoom if you're comfortable as well. And um, then there's also the community counselling um, services here in Edmonton too. But those were paid service. They do have a sliding scale. Um, you can go through. And again, if you have the intersect of intimate partner violence where you sexual assault, then back to the Today Centre as well. So it really depends on which where you fall and what you're looking for. If it's something that you've maybe dealt with for years and it happened some time ago, then all of those places can help you. But if it's something that's recently happened and you and you have all these overlaps, then the ones I mentioned to you. Oh, those are incredible resources. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that you brought that up because we had kind of all of those as a question. Yeah. So you just kind of put it with a nice little bow on top and that's yeah. amazing. All right, so for our last segment, we're going to do comments, griefs, and concerns. And concerns. we have a question for you guys. I don't know what it is yet. Yeah, but we do. It's a surprise for me too. I don't have the Gmail downloaded because I got a new phone. Oh, I have the Gmail. Yes, please. Okay. okay. So we question. got an email in um, from a listener. So I'll read the email. Oh, I'm Let me just get my <laughs> stuff together. Um, <laughs> Gmail. We're just meeting ourselves where we are today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> okay, we're a mess in 90% of the time. Uh, yeah. Do you want me to pull it up? I can pull it up do right away. Yeah, I do. Just oh, one. it's a race. I can beat you. It's a race. I can beat Let's you. See. I can Maddie, beat you. Shit. Oh. Where's Google? Just Google it. Pull, no, or, I got it. 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 Got it. Ha <laughs> ha. Okay. Okay. okay here we go. Oh, I'm reading it. Okay. My girlfriend has never been able to have an orgasm. We have tried a few different things and have thought about using a vibrator during sex. What recommendations do you have that could help us? Thanks. Next in. Okay, and goodness, you like to just put me on the hot spot, but I already thought of straight up what I was going to say. Um, there's a couple of things that I, my mind goes to. One of those being um, the 
the genders of those folks, um, if they're talking about penetrative sex or they're talking about clitoral stimulation as well, um, looking at different parts of the body that might be more stimulated in, in different ways. So that comp that piece, I'd need a bit more information because 75% of folks with a vulva and vagina don't actually come penetratively. There's been studies that have shown that it's, I don't know because I'm not out here measuring between somebody's actual vagina and their clitoris. Apparently it's two point something inches between the two. And if this is in the sweet spot, literally the sweet spot, if it's in the sweet spot, the person's going to be able to orgasm. But I don't necessarily know if that's the case. When it comes to um, somebody who hasn't orgasmed in conjunction with a partner, have their orgasmed on their own. If they have orgasm through masturbation, then that's a different conversation entirely. Um, that means that they can orgasm. So there's other factors for which the person isn't. Um, if the person is a visual person, they might need a scene. If the person is a mental person, they might need words. Um, if the person is an emotional um, person who likes intimacy, they might be too stressed out. They might have depression or anxiety. Um, they might also be bloated. They might not be eating very well. So there's many factors in which somebody might, may or may not be able to orgasm with somebody else. It could also be that the person that they're with might not be sexually stimulating them in the way that is conducive for orgasm. That's also a potential. And that's all of those scenarios are okay. There's nothing wrong with them. If we're going to have a conversation about that, I would say do a series of elimination. First start to self-pleasure on your own and see if you can come to orgasm. If you're coming to orgasm on your own, then the conversation piece is an external one. And when you're coming to orgasm on your own, how are you doing it with your hand, with a toy? Are you mentally thinking of a scenario, a scene, or are you just self-pleasuring with a blank canvas in your mind as well? If that's the case, then that eliminates, okay, it's not an environmental factor. I can come without thinking about it. I don't really need to be mentally or verbally stimulated. And then we can then engage in a conversation in a non-sexual way with the person that they're going to have sex with. Also, in all of this, as we're going for a series of elimination, if it comes to it that they cannot orgasm with this person, this is actually okay. People have so much onus on completion whether that be ejaculation for those with penis and testes or um, an orgasm that radiates through the body for those with a vulva and a clitoris. And that isn't always the end result of a good sexual experience with somebody. It could have just been plain fun and nice. And that in of itself is okay. All of those different ways to experience having fun during sex is perfectly fine. And I would also add to that, that it's okay if you then recognize that maybe experiencing sex with the person isn't right for your body and your body doesn't necessarily want to do that, but you still love the person and you still want to be around that person and you can engage in intimacy in a different way and have a conversation around that too. So there's many, many, many ways that we can go down that path just to unpack and support that person in their relationship and, and what they're going through at that moment. Oh. That was, yeah, just Perfect. beautiful. Anyways, <laughs> and what, what do you have to add? I know, I'm like, I shouldn't have gone second. <laughs> um, yeah, I also, I love answering, like, uh, having, like, two educators answering one question because you just, 
you get Max Sans kind of like viewpoint, and then you'll get like mine, which is like very similar, but also a little different. So back to that question. So they're partners and one is not orgasming and they kind of want to introduce toys. Mm -hmm. So that's what really spoke to me. So there's a couple of really good toys. There's a really cool one, We Vibe Sync, mm -hmm. where it's actually where your partner would be in control of the vibrator and it goes inside for the G spot. And it's also on the outside for the clitoris stimulation as well. A little bit expensive, but worth it. Yeah. <laughs> worth it, yeah. And so uh, there's also like those clitoral yeah. sucker ones. Yeah. And I I've been hearing, yeah, like I've been hearing a lot of people with clitorises. They really enjoy that one. Um, I would add on, I'm really glad that this, uh, I guess, male presenting person, it sounds like, he seems comfortable bringing toys into that space. So mm -hmm. kudos, because it shouldn't really be anything to like be intimidated by. I like to call them tools. They're yeah. tools. It's tools yeah. to like maybe reach that orgasm if that's the plan. So I like to use them as tools. I would probably, I like Maxine's checklist. The only other one I would add on to that is like, is it something physical? Yeah, like has this person orgasmed before by themselves? Um, if they haven't done that, it could be vaginismus, which is like pain during intercourse and stuff like that. So it could be like a internal physical factor. And if it's that, then we talk to a doctor about that. There's lots of doctors who can help and always like a sex therapist that's their kind of like specialty is to help people with sexual dysfunction is what it's called so like sexual issues so those are probably expensive to go to do but they can be there to help people and one more thing so Maxan said if you can orgasm if you're masturbating by yourself uh Figure out, yeah, how you orgasm by yourself and then maybe do mutual masturbation. So mutual masturbation is kind of a favorite of mine and my partners. And it's like you're kind of showing the other person what you like, how you like to be touched or what toys to use, where to use it. And then they're also showing you as well, too. And so um, it's a lot less pressure let's say, than intercourse because, yeah, it's just a lot less pressure because sometimes it's that pressure, that expectation of that orgasm or if it's not happening. So, yeah, those are a couple tips and tricks on maybe how to explore that for those people. I'd like to add on because I realized in my language um, I asked for a bit more anatomy to kind of gender it but I want to add some different things that I've recognized with a lot of people with the penis and testes in same-sex relationships or men who sleep with men or even folks the vulva who sleep with vulva who have these issues as well because this um, I've been having these conversations recently so just um, not every person with a penis and testes is going to ejaculate and come to orgasm. So even if they're being stimulated anally, they're being stimulated testicularly, or any of these other things, they may not come to orgasm either. 
And so we have to have that conversation piece around just the different body types and different ways that it can happen. And also toys aren't always gendered. Um, toys aren't always to go in and to be like, you know, stimulate what they believe to be the G spot for this particular body as well. And stage fright is a huge thing. So although I, I'm an advocate for mutual masturbation, I also know a lot of folks with penises who cannot masturbate around another person with a penis. Um, just for many, many, many reasons. And we don't have time to unpack that in a podcast. And I don't have a penis myself, so I can't really, I don't feel comfortable speaking on it too much. But I can definitely say that there are people out there who don't feel comfortable in even um, vulva vulva interactions as well. However, what I would say is um, if you're going to include toys, that person who is having the difficulty should play with a toy on their own, see how they feel with that toy on their own. Um, so stage fright is a thing for all genders. And also the story, anxiety and whatever else is going on for them can impact them just being relaxed enough to participate in that experience and it be enjoyable for them. And rather than them feeling that they are actually getting to that orgasm level, they might start to internally shut down. So pick out a toy that feels good for that person with them in mind by them choosing it for themselves preferably on their own, ask them to look at it unless that's the relationship dynamics. They look at the toys on their own. They look at reviews, see what might suit them. Then they go to that partner and say, hey, I know you brought up the toys, but the toy's actually for me. I'm going to play with this toy on my own. And then we can maybe see how we can introduce it into our experience together. Because, the, you know, obviously there's a lot going on in that space. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Yeah. Just like exploring that on your own and then and then bringing it forward yeah and yeah. then also knowing that if you don't orgasm it's okay yeah. you know it's always okay and you know especially with folks with a penis a lot of folks with penises irrelevant of their ages they do go soft they are in the middle and one of the things with a person with a penis if you're on the same spot repeatedly that they actually start to numb out. The sensation becomes so pleasurable for them that they actually tap out a certain level. And so you're thinking, I'm I'm riding it, I'm doing it properly. And they're just going down and down and down and down and down. And then those of the penis are also part of the patriarchy and there's internalized misogyny as well. Their head is doing 20 to the dozen. And before they know it, they've gone completely soft and they just want to, they can feel the buildup within themselves and they can't ejaculate. And then the other person, they're making up a story about the other person, then maybe thinking that they're not good enough or something's wrong with them. And they're like, no, I really enjoyed it. I just, ah. Oh. Uh, that being said, one more question I think to end us off. So this would be, you know, for the person who sent in the question for us or for anyone who's experienced, you know, a partner that's having a hard time orgasming, if that's the goal, what advice do you give to a partner to make somebody else feel um, supported when they don't necessarily perform the way they intended? Ooh, that's good. And should I go? Sure. Um, I'll go first. I have experienced this quite a bit with different partners at different levels and different stages. Um, and so the one of the ways that I do is we stop. We physically stop touching. And um, depending upon where you are, whether you're in the kitchen, bedroom, in a car, whatever, you just stop, get your breath down, some deep, deep, deep breaths. No words are coming out. You're not trying to say something, make the environment 
hearing comfortable. You have to actually have some comfort in silence and allow that discomfort just to sit and breathe and just calm down, get your endorphins all down. And then you go, oh, wow, that was, what's going on? What should we do? Should we just stop? Should we get some water? Should we just lie here for a moment? And you don't need to find words to explain anything. Take as long as you need for everything just to calm down the air, not to be so thick with sexual tension and just let it really calm down and then do a check-in and do that middle care piece that we spoke about earlier on. So the aftercare can come in the middle. It can also come at the end as well. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting that we didn't really say communication to help people go through those orgasms and stuff so yeah having how can we support a partner we can talk to that partner that's what we can do right we can talk to them we can i love maxan what you said like calming down checking in with yourself checking in with your partner and really try to lower your expectations I know that's like kind of silly to say, but like and just in general in life and with like sex too, it is supposed to be playful. Like if people don't orgasm, like we're saying, that's okay. And if we don't try to like guess how it's going to end, right? And we just kind of are in the moment and more mindful about your pleasure. Like think about your pleasure and how your body's feeling and like, get in tune with your body and then hopefully that'll help you to communicate what you're what you're feeling to your partner so how we can best support our partner sometimes is how we can best support ourselves first yeah and I'd like to add on to that that's beautiful Anne is that some things that I've done in my practice of just sexual wellness has been going okay and if we decide to stay in the bed for example then I would say should we just touch each other but we're not going to have sex you know back to that level of intimacy where you might start stroking the person's arm and that's also just a good self-soothing practice as well you can also just say okay do you want to cuddle or should we just take a moment just to be in each other's environment right now and not have those expectations like you spoke on and I think it's really important for scenarios like that that communication can be key but there's so many levels to communication that's non-verbal as well um one of them if you can avoid it getting up straight away from that situation and having physical distance between you and that person um can actually be quite harmful in that if you are if it's a very consensual situation bearing in mind if it's all consensual i think staying in each other's space allows for a level of vulnerability and then safety in that space to know that, oh, you're not running from me because I haven't performed properly or, you know, so being in each other's space for as long as you can be um, and comfortable and relaxed and you're breathing calm and you're not like, (sighs) and just trying to ease that anxiety that can come to play in those situations would help. And if you can talk, talk but again I don't think there's a huge expectation for you to talk as straight away because your mind is already full of many thoughts and words wow yeah oh that was thank you that 
yeah, I that was a lot of amazing information for us, and I hope for the listener, the person who wrote that. Yeah, uh, yeah, honestly. Yeah. But and just yeah, I feel like this episode has been amazing. So I just want to say thank you again for mm-hmm. joining yeah. us because yeah, this was it went better than I ever could have imagined. So mm-hmm. thank you, thank you, thank yeah. you mm-hmm. so so much. Um, yeah, we're really touched. Yeah. Um, and I would yeah, I would love to keep in touch. Yeah. and share resources and yeah i'll yeah. oh, just thank you so so much yeah. and honestly one more time for everybody that's listening where can people find you that you're you know comfortable sharing <laughs> and you keep doing me first okay I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my business is called blue luna b-l-u-l-u-n-a-r.com i also have um i provide resources so documents that you can download on self-care dealing with trauma and sexual wellness as well which is free for you to download from my website but that's called bluelunacreations.com and you can if you go onto blue luna it'll link you to that website as well you can also find me on my socials with blue luna and yes they are currently empty but i'm gonna work on that that's my next goal um, but you can find me through blueluna.com and everything will be linked accordingly and you can find more information there. Wonderful. Perfect. Thank you. And Anne? Awesome. Yeah. So you can find me at with, so with-consent.com. That's our website. And we're kind of new to this whole thing. So, um, I've learned a lot from Max Ann, or we've learned a lot from Max Ann, so it's really fun to kind of be on this journey. Also, uh, our Insta is at with.consent number one, and just post a lot of uh, some like information and yeah, just trying to create a culture of consent and really trying to bring that to the forefront. And definitely look out for our workbook. Like, yeah, we'll be talking about uh, what we've talked about here today, really, and but in more depth. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of getting me motivated to like really work on it too, right? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And so um, that's going to be really exciting in the new year. We'll hopefully have it done because we want to help people, support them to increase their pleasure increase their relationships right yeah we just really want to promote a lot of positivity in the world yeah absolutely and we're also about accessibility as well so the workbook will have a price point but if those folks who can't afford it reach out to us directly we would definitely make it available to you as well we want to make sure that people get access to what we have available beautiful that's amazing and once um, you come out with that workbook, we'll put it on our podcast as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when we pu- uh, put out the episode, we'll link everything so yeah. people can yeah, that'd be great. There is something that I would like to, I'm going to um, email it to Anne. So it's a beautiful human here in Edmonton made a book about all the resources for counseling and sexual health and wellness within the city. Um, so I'd love to share that with you because I put a lot of effort into making this. So you folks can also share that within your groups and so more people know, more people know where they can go and tell other people that Edmonton has some great resources, counseling, drop-in centers and other places that they can go to. 
Wow. That, thank you. That's amazing. That would be incredible. Yeah, we will definitely oh. link everything below. Okay. Yeah. Thank you so thank you. much. Yeah. Um, have you. an amazing weekend. Yeah. And yes, we'll be in touch and we'll let you know. Uh, we'll send you the, the video. Thank you so, so much. (laughs) Thank you for having me on. Thank you for having us both on. Really appreciate just what you're doing and us looking through your socials. And wow, my mind is blown. Edmonton has so much wonderful humans. And really, I can't but just say how, I know this sounds silly, but proud I am that there's folks out there who are doing the work and putting out change and being a safe space for other people to go on their own journeys of sexual wellness. So thank you. Wow. I know. And you know what? It's such motivation to hear that too, because that's our goal. And it's, yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, okay, let's, this is the change and we want to be a part of that. So Yeah, imperfectly, but still trying. Yeah, you know, for sure. (laughs) But thank you again, and thank you to everybody listening. Thank you. Um, Bye, everybody. Have a good weekend. Oh, and have a great weekend. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye.